inside Hall D of the Minneapolis Convention Center. This is a special live broadcast of the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Here's Scott Korsanowski. Yes, we are live at the Convention Center. Right when you come in, we got a big, long putting green right in front of us. Uh, the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show will be here all weekend. I'll be uh, here on uh, well, I'll be here on uh, Sunday, Sunday morning yeah. as well, and I'm here until six o'clock today. Maybe in this first half hour, I could just putt with the contestants for the whole half hour. Well, you know what's going on right now. I know they're trying to win tickets to Troy Burn. A foursome to Troy Burn. We we started doing this at about two forty-five, knowing it. You Has anyone won that? Not well. Uh, what do you have to do to get it? You have to make a putt, but everybody gets one shot, and a lot of people are getting back in line to try to win this. So they're cheating. Basically, uh, you do have to use the foursome if you do win by May thirty-first. I didn't realize that Troy Burn was voted a top one hundred public oh, golf course. I, well, I would say this. I, Troy Burn is probably, well, I've now joined a swanky country club, so I like that course a lot. Okay. It's not that swanky, but it's, it's very nice. But of the public courses, and I, I think Troy Burn is a, probably my favorite course really? in, in the cities. Really? Absolutely. It's, wow. I've you've ne never played it? I've never had the pleasure. I've never had the pleasure. And oh, I, Troy I have the kind of game where if I uh, set foot on a nice course like that, they'd ask me to leave. Well, uh, it, I'm, I'm a hack. Well, anybody can play any course. Troy Burn is, is playable. With, I mean, if you're hitting it bad, it's really tough, which which course isn't. But if you're play, if you're playing okay, it's more playable than many. Okay. So that's that's. Is it a long course? Is well, it? it depends on way you tee off. Not really. Okay. I mean, it's uh, you know, I always I get a I get a kick out of that because every course nowadays has got a multitude of tees. I was just in Palm Desert, and you were just in San Diego. Yep. And I was on a course they had I think seven sets of tees. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you could play it from 4,800 yards to 7,400 yards. So. No course has to be long for you. You can play whatever. You know, I usually like to play around 6,300 as I've gotten older. used to be 6,600, and probably once I get 60, it'll probably be 6,000. I'll move up. You know, I, and I, I talked about this briefly with Joe, but when you go to, uh, when you're down in La Jolla for, for is it the Farmer's La Jolla. Insurance? La Jolla, sorry. When you're down for this, is it the Farmer's Insurance Open that they have there yes, every year? Yes, at, at, uh, at Torrey Pines. I can see why they get a good showing. For a, for, a, for a tournament like that because everybody wants to play there because it's absolutely perfect every every day yeah, of the now, year. Did, did you play La Jolla when you were there? I did not. I was with my family. So I w it was mostly let's go to the zoo and let's go to Disneyland kind of a vacation. Uh, I, I played Torrey Pines three times. Uh, and I probably wouldn't play it again because it's expensive. Sure. It's like 200, 250 bucks. And now that I've played it three times, I go, okay, I got the feel for it. I don't sure. need to spend 250 sure. bucks. Uh, but yeah, one of the hardest golf courses I've ever played. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, brutally hard. And yeah. if you're if you're if your game is off, you're going to suffer for yes, it. Yes, and well, and that's one of the few rounds I've ever played where I did not hit a single fairway. I felt like Tiger Woods. You know, <laughs> when he played there last week, he was, or two weeks ago. You know, 72 holes. You drive it 14 times because there's four par threes. So that's a 56 holes where you're driving the ball. No, they don't always hit driver, but over a four-day tournament, there's 56 holes. Uh, where that's either a par four or a par five. And Tiger Woods, I believe, hit 17 fairways out of 54. Wow. So it might have been 16. So less than a third of the fairways, and he still finished like 10th or 12th, uh, which was pretty amazing, or top 20. Uh, this week I do see Tiger's playing again, uh, and he's playing in Riviera. Of course that he's done well at. Right now he's projected to make the cut. Let's see where he's at. I just saw him on here. Uh, he's done with his. Oh, he's in his first round still. So he's just started his his second round. Excuse me. He threw. He's through two holes. He's one over. He's even for the day. Right now the cut is projected at two over. So Tiger's going to probably have to shoot even par or better to make the cut today. And frankly, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about you know Tiger Woods coming back. Will he win? Will he do this? He doesn't have a swing coach. I'll say this. 
watched him play. Brutal off the tee. Really? Brutal. I mean, 16 out of 54 fairways, uh, brutal. Uh, but his short game, remember the troubles a couple years ago when he melted down around yep. the greens? Yep. His short game was tiger-like. Are we was seeing? putting great, was chipping great, but he has not figured out a swing yet. So what I would say, given the fact that he seems to have a good feel for the short game again, if he could just get to where he's hitting, you know, 60% of the fairways, he'll be a factor. But you, you were mentioning him making the cut. I mean, it's not a, it's not a question anymore is, you know, if, is he going to add to his majors, you know, his, his, well, his overall. Because I don't think that that's ever, we're, ne- we're never going to get back there. But it's, now the conversation is, is he going to become relevant? Well, I would Because say, right now he's not. If he can get on tour, you know, you have to understand, that, that was the first tournament, I believe, that he had played in where that he made the cut in 29 months. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, so it was it was mid 2015 when he last made a cut, and since then he played like two or three tournaments and either missed the cut or quit because he had physical problems. So when you essentially haven't competed on tour in two and a half years, to make the cut and finish, I think top 20, mid 20s, driving the ball horribly, that tells me that if he can figure out a swing, he was hitting it super long, he was just crooked. And he's always been a crooked driver of the golf ball. But but if you're making cuts on the PGA Tour on a regular basis, you can win any tournament. Sure. Do you know who's leading the PGA Tour in FedEx Cup points? A guy named Paul Kisry. I think it's Kis- I know it's Kisry. Have you ever heard of him? No. He's won two tournaments. But how year. deep are we into the We're not. We didn't, it just started. No, 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 no. They have a wraparound season. They started in oh, October. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Because uh, the after question, the Tour Championship, the tournaments after that start for the next the season. The question I was going to ask you is you were talking about the, the, the level of difficulty and the fact that Tiger only hit 17 out of 54 uh, fairways. Or 16. Are yeah. we seeing a regression to the way that golf uh, golf courses are now developed? Because I know that, that we had to go through this Tiger-proofing era. Of, yeah. We had to make the courses so difficult. that Are we are we seeing that kind of regress now back, no. to, back to the mean? No, no, not at all. Because what's happened with the equipment. Equipment, you know, now so many guys are hitting at 300, you know, guys like Rory and DJ and uh, uh, Jason Day and, and Justin Thomas, you know, they, they literally, you know, you know, you always talk how far they can hit it. What you really want to determine is how far can a guy hit it on a flat, which flat and there's no wind sure. and how far will he carry it? Because some courses get wet and some and no wind, you know, so I would say on that, in those conditions, flat, no wind. How far could DJ carry the ball? DJ can probably carry his driver 320 yards. 320 yards. He wow. can easily carry it over 300. So that so now everybody's hitting it so far that now golf is, in fact, I saw a story this week where the RNA and a, and a lot of the golf bodies are trying to determine something to take the distance out of the game because it makes it more difficult to build golf courses. You know, back in the old days, uh, you know, in the mid-60s, pros were playing 6,500-yard courses. When I started covering golf, they were playing 7,000-yard courses. Now they're playing 76, 77, 7,800-yard courses. And if the, and if you're, you're going to probably see within the next couple of years courses that are over 8,000 yards, and, you know, that just take up, takes up more and more and more space. Because what makes for more compelling TV when you're watching golf as a golf fan? Does the average golf fan mostly like to watch these guys get humbled a bit on the course? Or uh, for me personally... I'll go back to when Tiger Woods dominated the U.S. Open. That was the most fun I've ever had watching golf was when he was just blowing the field away and he was dominating and had a, what was he, 20 under or whatever he ended up finishing yep. for his round. And I thought, personally, I like watching that kind of golf when guys are that, again, this is a rare example of one of the greatest of all time, but I don't like seeing a guy shooting 17 over over par. No. That, I, that, that, that doesn't do anything for no, me. No, to me, what I, what I look for, and I've been a, a long, outspoken proponent, a, a, a proponent of this, you want a golf course that is going to 
uh, reward the best players. The, the players that hit the ball the best, that hit it relatively straight, that can put, that can do all elements of the game. And to me, when you make fairways really narrow, it, with brutal rough, you are you are putting too much emphasis on hitting the ball straight off the tee. You, 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 that shouldn't be that important, and it becomes ultimately important. So now, all of a sudden, the guys maybe who are short hitters who can hit it straight are going to do better than they would. So to me, I like courses that 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 reward distance because I think distance is a skill that sure. guys should be rewarded. I don't like to see that's what they did with Tiger Proof. They tried to narrow the fairways out at 300 yards to discourage Tiger from hitting it so far. That's stupid. If I'm playing a guy and he can hit it 50 yards further than me in straight. He should have an advantage. Sure. He's yeah, a huge element of the game. He's better at than I am. I can make up for it somewhere else. Jordan Spieth is much shorter than a, than a lot of guys on tour. You know, he's probably middle of the pack, and yet he still wins a lot because he's so great at so many other things. So we should mention, too, we're still trying to give away that foursome to Troy Burr. The next person that comes up here and sinks the putt will win that. You do have to use it by May 31st. How uh, many people have made it? Uh, we have ha- have made a putt here today. Yes. We've had a couple that have made it, and they've won various prizes. Uh, but they don't win the Troy Burn. Uh, Mackie and Judd, uh, Chris Long was filling in. They gave one of the Troy Burn foursomes away earlier today. We will have another one here before 6 o'clock as soon as we give a one away here that was technically supposed to be given away during GL. But nobody uh, made it during nobody's, GL? Nobody's made it yet, so we're still waiting for that winner. We are at the Minneapolis Convention Center. It is the 2018 Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Uh, we, uh, it will be open till 7 o'clock tonight. Corzo mentioned Sunday. Uh, he'll be out here open 10 to 4 and then tomorrow 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. It's a great it's a great event that we are, are proud to be a part of annually and as you mentioned all the time this is the greatest spot to come to buy golf apparel last every year, single year. Last year? No, I think I bought some clubs. I bought like a wedge, couple wedges or something. Last year I believe my tab was like $750. Okay. I, I don't think I'm going to go. I'm going to try to keep her down around <laughs> two to 300 this year but, but when this is over. Yep. I'm head. I head over and get all the shirts. I've and, watched you in action. I know you're not lying. Yes, absolutely. Because you know, golf hats ain't gonna last a year. No. All my golf hats from last year are pretty much worn out. When we right. take a break, we're gonna come back. And you know, I had something on the tip of my tongue, but I'll think about it when we come back. So your Minnesota Twins are. Uh, the pitchers and catchers, right? When yeah. the rest of the guys report, is this is this earlier than normal? It is. Uh, What's the, going on? The season is starting earlier. I think the Twins open the 29th of March in Baltimore, 28th or 29th of March in Baltimore. Do, do the Twins open every season in Baltimore? It just seems that it way. does seem like that. I know it was last year, and then well, two, two years ago two they, years they got ago, swept they there, got swept. and yeah, that that led to the bad season. Yes, it did. They didn't get things off to a flying start, but yeah, it is it is earlier than normal this year. So I did hear on ESPN Radio. Uh, I think the other day, uh, Keith Olbermann is back at ESPN as yep. a contributor. Yep. And he had some really interesting comments about how he feels there's certainly evidence of collusion. One of which was that Fred was it is it Fred Manfred the the the, uh, the commissioner Rob Rob, Rob Manfred Rob Manfred. Rob Manfred made his made a statement. He said, "Hey, I know there's been a lot of really good offers made out there." And so Kirk, so Keith Olbermann said. Why would the commissioner know about offers being made out there if these people weren't sharing that information with each other? Mm-hmm. Because I think that that is evidence, potential evidence of collusion. I would agree with him. But there's there's hundred there's over a hundred free agents, including. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many free agents have actually signed? I mean, you, you know, we know the big names. There's a lot of minor names, but my guess would be just from that. Ten percent, fifteen percent, and we're and we're already into spring training. I, How I'm, can you not think there's collusion? I'm on not gonna go as far to say that I think there's collusion. I'm also not stupid, but here's what I think is going on, Corzo. I think you've got a perfect 
storm scenario, what's playing out right now in Major League Baseball, there will still be a number of players that are going to sign before opening day. Well, they'll day. all sign, probably. If and, they're good enough, they'll get signed. I but. just think a lot of the front offices in baseball now, they're just becoming smarter. And I think a lot of the front offices in baseball right now, they're they're all operating basically with the same mentality. You're, you're getting all these Ivy League guys that are all saying, we can't invest seven years into a starting pitcher that's 30 years old. It just doesn't work long term. Yet the Cubs just did it. The Cubs just did it. But but I guess my point is, did we there just we give away? Winner. We did have a winner. We just gave away our force from Detroit Byrne after about a half an hour, maybe even a little bit longer than a half an hour. So that's thanks again to Troy Burton. And for now the whole group is leaving. Yeah, right. Everybody's dissipating now from the line. So what do but, they win now if they make a putt? Uh, we do have regular 1500 ESPN golf balls, tees. I think we still have a couple of uh, of Titleist hats that we're giving away here. So and by the way, we are at the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show at the Convention Center. Uh, stop on by. We're right on the what I would say were the west. Northwest side of the uh, of the convention yeah, center. In, you come in the, the as you come in, we're in the ballroom B. Yeah, and right on the right run hand corner as you come in. So stop on by, roll a putt, say hi. And what's happening too is you've got teams, uh, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox. Those are the you know normally the big hitters that tend to set the the offseason market every single year. And when those teams are deciding we're not going to spend this year. Well, then that just basically stalls everything because the reason that Darvish waited so long from the reports that I read anyway was he was waiting to go back because he wanted to go back to Los Angeles. Well, Los Angeles wanted to stay underneath the $197 million uh, a, a, a tax threshold, and he and they weren't. And finally, he just gave up because he wasn't willing to wait any longer, sign with the Cubs. So now you'll start to see some of the other guys sign, and I know a few of the others have already signed one-year deals, the Jaime Garcias of the world. But, you know, you've got people, like you said, you've got people like – Jake Arrieta and J.D. Martinez, two guys, Eric Hosmer, that are still out on the street. And again, I think what's happening now is we're seeing a bit of a, 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 a shift in the way money's being spent. It, you know, A guy like J.D. Martinez is holding out hope that he's going to get a $200 million contract. Well, team, teams aren't stupid. Teams are going to say, well, we're not going to pay a statue to stand in the outfield who can hit a little bit. That that, that just doesn't make sense. But they've sense. done it forever. They have. But that's the forever problem. Is I think, look at the Red Sox, for example. They're the team that's both been mostly connected to J.D. Martinez. They're How are they trying to get rid of the, the two contracts that they signed in, Pablo Sandoval and Hanley Ramirez right now, that are still on their books? They're going to throw more money at that problem? That just doesn't work anymore. Well, how about the Tigers who have uh, uh, Cabrera through 2023? Yes. Yep. I believe it is. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. It's, 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 again, I, I think, and the other part of it too, look at next year's offseason. You're going to have guys like Manny Machado, Bryce Harper, and some big time heavy hitters that I personally think a lot of these teams now are deciding not to spend this offseason because they want to spend that money next offseason. Now, the Twins, uh, you know, have added some, you know, looks like some judicious bullpen guys they're both you know and i've really liked trevor hildenberger a lot mm -hmm. i think he's really good and, and they had so i think they've really kind of shored up their bullpen i think that's fair to say i don't think they have the best bullpen the addison reed signing was huge for them because they got it for a good short-term contract and he's a good relief but pitcher. now they've got nothing they've done nothing with the starters i agree so that is really i agree you know they added the one guy pineda who's going to be you know might be able to pitch next year uh but you know, they, they kind of had all their eggs in the in the U Darvish basket. And I guess, I don't know, when the Cubs decide they want somebody, you're not going to beat them out. No, you're That's not. That's what it sounded like to me. And I think that My that, guess is the Twins really were in there fighting I, for it. I do, I do believe that they, they did have legitimate interest in trying to sign him. But the problem is when you're going up against a team like the Cubs or the Dodgers or the Yankees, you're going to have to spend more to get a guy like U Darvish to come here. And you can't outspend the Chicago Cubs or the New York Yankees. 
they're on a different playing field when it comes to revenue. It's just it's that's just the nature of the game. It's one of the flaws of the game, but that's the nature of the game. And what's the, and the deal with with uh, Irvin Santana? So, so I mean, this happens all the time. This happened years ago to Sidney Rice, if you recall. Mm-hmm. Sidney Rice had some issues. Oh, we're going to wait. We're going to wait. We're going to wait. And then, like a month before the season, oh, I guess I'll have surgery. Okay, you know. So Irvin Santana, you know, this problem was something that he was having last year. Yep. And so I guess they gamble. It would seem to me that you would that this shouldn't have happened. That that, that he could have had the surgery right away. Mm-hmm. I get that you want to take steps to not have surgery. That's kind of a last resort. But but wouldn't you pull that trigger maybe a little sooner than they did? The Thad Levine was on with both Mackey and Judd and on with Royce shortly after that happened. And the explanation that he gave, which I buy, was that yeah, he was having some discomfort. But he didn't realize it again until he started throwing off a mound, which just happened, you know, a few weeks ago, which is why he only discovered it just then. So I don't believe that so he, knew he spent so, the whole offseason injured. So, so wait a minute. So it's a finger problem, right? Yes. So I if believe he, it's, so, his, it's so, either his middle finger or his ring finger. So he had never played. So do pitchers not play any catch? I know some guys that shut it down completely. They won't, like, go out in the yard and just do long toss? No. Or if you have kids, play catch with your kid well, or with something? That kind I don't of, know if Irvin has any kids. With but. that kind of injury to your you know ring finger, it's only when you're throwing, like, a slider that you're going to notice that problem. When you're throwing a fastball, it's you're just. So you wouldn't notice it if you were just playing catch no. in the backyard with somebody? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't notice or it. Just, if like, you, just to keep your arm loose, you maybe go out and do some long toss. You wouldn't notice something like that until you're trying to throw a, a specific pitch like like a slider. So 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 here's my question. Sure. Why wouldn't you say, you know what? I'm not sure if this is healing. And so one day in like January or late December, you go, one day I'm going to go throw, I'm going to get warmed up, sure. and I'm going to throw a couple of hard pitches to see what it feels like. But when Couldn't you're a you veteran, yeah, you could. But when you're a veteran that's been around, you know, t- you know how to get yourself ready for the regular season. But I'm saying to make sure that it doesn't that it doesn't hurt. Anymore. He probably thought he was okay. Okay. You know. Anyway, right. well, it's it's uh, it's a rough start for the Twins to not have him for the first. And month. I think now that he's injured, ups the ante even more that they need to go out and get an area or you know probably well, they, they want the guy from Tampa. Is what it sounds like, right? Uh, uh, the Alex guy, Cobb. No, Alex. the other guy. What do you mean the other guy? There's the, there was a guy. Oh, Oda Rizzi. No. Chris Archer. Chris Archer. Okay, well, good luck se- selling your farm system for one pitcher. That's what it's going to take. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll take a break and be back at the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show right after. Bruce Vale is here with us, and he comes to us courtesy from Owatonna's own Federated Insurance. The man of the hour is Bruce Vale with your money now. We had a roller coaster ride in the stock market today. It ended with mixed results. The Dow Jones Industrial Average eked out a 19-point gain to close at 25219 But the NASDAQ Composite fell 16 points. And the S&P 500 gained just a point. But even with today's results, all three indexes had a very strong week with gains of more than 4%. Fiat Chrysler is recalling more than 228,000 pickup trucks to repair a gearbox defect that may allow some vehicles to shift out of park unintentionally. It's the same type of glitch that prompted the automaker to recall 1.8 million other vehicles back in December. The latest recall affects pickups from the 2017 and 2018 model years. If you are tired of chasing down Pikachu and Squirtle while playing Pokemon Go, you can now chase down some Oreo cookies. Nabisco's Oreo brand has launched an augmented reality game called the Great Oreo Cookie Quest. It puts you on a scavenger hunt to try to find hidden Oreos. And Oreo is partnering with Google on this. Some of the captured cookies will come with prizes, many Google-related. I'm always on the hunt for cookies, Bruce. There you go. Get your smartphone out. I'm Bruce Vail with your money now on 1500 ESPN. All right, man. Have a good weekend. Thank you very much. Welcome back to the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show opening night. It runs all the way through Saturday and Sunday. 
And uh, like I said, if you're looking for uh, deals on stuff, I mean, good stuff, uh, you know, this is kind of like the marshals of golf, you know, because you go because it's good stuff. Yeah. It's it's you know at about a third of the cost. So uh, so I'm a, I'm a huge last year of that. is when I bought all my Ryder Cup gear. Yeah. Right over there. Yeah. I, it was great stuff. I yeah. still wear all that. I still wear it all yeah, the time. I just uh, when you guys were doing the first half hour of the show, walked over and bought a shirt. I still want to pick up some more, but ten bucks, nice winter shirt, zip up. Yeah. It's no, I'll, I'll believe me. I'll be doing more than one shirt. Yeah, I will too. I got it. It'll be it'll be. Corzo's going to need a truck to back up to <laughs> take well, all the stuff. Well, last year home. when I went over to the to the closing place and I started stacking stuff, they go, "We remember you from last year." <laughs> So I'm sure they'll remember. They me. start, you know, wringing their hands together, licking their chops when they see you walking up. Uh, now from the 1500 ESPN Twin Cities newsroom, which is two desks, two chairs down from where I'm sitting, Johnny Height with a sports update. Thanks, Corzo. It's sunny and 17. The Wild lost to Washington last night. The final was five to two. Their homestand continues tomorrow, right in the middle of the five gamer. They host Anaheim in a matinee game at the Excel Energy Center. You know, if they make the playoffs. And the Wolves make the playoffs. And by the way, we'll talk about it during uh, the ride with Royce. The Wolves are closer to missing the playoffs than you think. Really? Yes. They're very, you know, the loss column, you know, the rule, because they played so many more games. They're one sure. ahead of the ninth place team in the loss column. No. But they've got like four extra wins. Yes, it's very close. But, huh. but if the Wolves and Wild make it, this will be the first time, maybe the only time, other time, since 2003 that the four professional sports teams all made the playoffs. In fact, it would be because the Wild didn't come around until, what, 2000. Yeah, 2000. We only the second time in history that all four Minnesota professional sports teams would have made the playoffs in the same year. Huh. It is the all-star break in the NBA, and the Wolves only have 21 games yes, left. Yes, it's, it's been shoved back a little oh, bit yeah. for some reason. I do, yeah. And then the Wolves are the Wolves have played like four or five more than everybody else, yeah. which is, that's good news because, you know, now they, their, their schedule yeah. will be a little lighter. Yep, all-star game this week. Uh, Wolves now have uh, uh, a week off the weekend. Yes. This weekend is the all-star game. The Wolves have a week off till next Friday. You know, Except the, for Carl Anthony Towns and, and uh, Jimmy, Butler. Jimmy Butler. You know, the, the flip tribute last night was very well done. You know who's very cool? Hmm. Kevin Harlan. Oh, he is just, he's cool. And, and an unbelievable announcer, yeah. no matter what he does. It, yep. it is fun if you're, and our station gets it sometimes. When you're on Monday Night Football, and Kevin Harlan always does Monday Night Football, oh, I could yeah. care less about the game. I do not change the channel. His, because, uh, you know, it was all over Deadspin. When he did the play-by-play of the streaking guy, was yes. that last year? <laughs> yep. That was absolutely uh, incredible. Well, and one of his uh, best, when they had Google, he goes, googly, oogly, 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 oogly. <laughs> yeah, well, he was tremendous. Yeah. yeah. One baseball note, Tim Lincecum uh, threw for about 15 to 20 scouts yesterday. Uh, the last time he played in the majors, 2016, his fastball was clocking in at about 87 miles an hour. During a showcase yesterday for those scouts, he was throwing between 90 and 92, topping out at 93. Uh, according to some reports, his curveball also had some bites. So uh, who knows? Twins did have a rep there. Some team may end up hey, signing Lincecum. Somebody will. Craig bleeping Breslow just signed yeah. with the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, wait a minute. You're going to still – no, I guess I'm mixing Craig Breslow. Craig Breslow. Is that, or, who the hell is Craig Breslow? No, who did Lefty. you just say? Who did you just say? Just yeah, signed? Craig Breslow. Craig Breslow. No, you, who you, are you talking about? I was thinking that how much you hated Matt Belial, who's also unsigned. Yeah, but ended up being yet. pretty good last year, he right? Was, you got to admit it. Yeah, Come was, on. He was okay. He, he did the job at the end of the I get he. The, the best part when Matt Belial would come in to close a game late in the year, you know, when there's a lot of pressure yeah. on the Twins making it, and listening to Roy Smalley, 
when he'd throw that curveball and it didn't look like it was going to break. And Roy Smalley, before the pitch got to home play, would go, Ooh. I'll just never forget the, the beach ball he served up to Justin Upton when he was still with the Tigers last year that cost the Twins a win. Yeah, well, he served up a couple, but overall he... He didn't sign with anybody, did he? No, nope. not still free agent. Well, nobody signed, hardly. Yeah, there's a lot of... Craig Breslow did. Yeah, Craig, Craig Breslow. He was with the Twins last year? Yeah. And... One other time before that, right? Yeah, he was with them twice. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. little skinny guy, mm-hmm. yeah. lefty. Yeah, remember, remember they signed him last year because he had revamped his pitching style yeah, allegedly, right. and uh, it's really good. <laughs> News notes from today: the wife of an Ogallala Sioux police officer has been charged with killing the officer last weekend. Tiffany Jan is charged with second-degree murder in the shooting death of 52-year-old officer Brian Garrett of Kyle. The Rapid City Journal reports Janice made her first appearance in federal court this week. FBI says Garrett was killed early Saturday on the Pine Ridge Reservation during an apparent domestic dispute. He was off-duty at the time. The FBI, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, and Oglala Sioux Tribal Police are investigating. Uh, We've already heard some stories of heroes in this week's tragic shooting in Florida. It turns out this heroism story thankfully wasn't needed, but it shows some quick thinking by one young student at the school. His name is Colton Hobb. He heard gunshots, and his junior ROTC training kicked in. Uh, He said when he heard the gunshots, the 17-year-old knew a gunman was on the campus, so he took 60 to 70 people to shelter in an open junior reserve officer's training core room. At that point, he realized that there were Kevlar sheets that they use for their training uh, in the room. He grabbed them all and told wow. everybody to hold them in front of them. Luckily, he said he, he knew they wouldn't stop the bullets, but at least uh, it wouldn't be catastrophic if uh, there were, was, were any shots fired there. Luckily, the gunman never uh, made it into that room. Uh, he said he and a friend had a plan. He said, we were both scared, but I was more worried about getting home safe. God forbid if he did come into the classroom, I didn't want that to happen. But if it did, I would try to stop him with another friend of mine that was with us. Uh, the uh, Again, heroism was not needed. You guys probably have heard about Aaron Feist. He was the assistant football coach, also a security person at the school. Uh, he shielded some kids and uh, unfortunately lost his life when the shooter It is impressive him. that this kid, and you've seen a lot of these stories, and you, you even have, have seen some of the texts that these kids did or tweets yeah. they've done or pictures they took. How remarkably calm so many of them were under had to be, you know, mm-hmm. a circumstance you don't expect where they were they were sending out. One person said, I'm not going to tweet anymore. I'm busy trying to keep my, you know, they were very, it was impressive that they, in those horrible circumstances, because it doesn't do any good to lose your mind. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was, that was, that was really kind of an uplifting thing. I also saw a story today that said a lot of kids now are tweeting and taking pictures of these shootings. And, and the writer said, and we all should watch them. Yeah. People should see yeah. how horrible it's like. It is like the, it is like when uh, uh, Ray Rice punched Yep. His his girlfriend. We've heard all these stories about these athletes punching women. See it. When you see it, it's yep. different. Yeah. And I think yeah. if we could actually see the horror that these kids are going through and feel like we were there, maybe some of the people that are so in favor of gun laws might change their mind. It you would know, be a good thing. The saddest video that I watched was the one of the, the young uh, student who I think was around six or seven years old, which is around the age of my kid, and showing them hopping up on a, on a toilet seat and how to hide in a bathroom when you think a shooter's on camp. And that that's the world these kids live in. And yep. I just thought that's yeah. – how can we wrap our minds around that? Because exactly. it's just such a sad existence that these kids are growing up in. William Shatner appears to never want to slow down. Uh, Bill is 86 years old now. He just signed a contract with Heartland Records in Nashville and is currently working on a special 
recording project, according to a press release that'll be released later <laughs> this year. Well, didn't he when he was like doing Star Trek? And, you know, when he was kind of the young, kind of, you know, good-looking, sure. leading man type guy. I think he did some records that, that generally yeah. got panned. He was, like, there, speaking and singing kind he of. Did, there's, the one I remember is uh, there was uh, a video of him doing Rocket Man, the Elton John song. <laughs> but he's doing this. Dude. Yes, exactly. Rocket Man. Yes, exactly. Burning out his fuse up <laughs> you here You got alone. it. <laughs> I bet he made a million bucks selling these <laughs> records, too. Who knows? Uh, but they're not saying what this project's going to be. Uh, Corzo, he has released, as you said, eight previous yeah. albums in his career uh, most recently 2013's ponder the mystery which we can only uh don't imagine. you think that this is just a guy who's just he knows he's just enjoying that oh people yeah have the attention he doesn't take himself too seriously exactly um and what was it boston legal or was that what it was boston yeah. Uh, legal yeah, yeah with where him and the james spader would sit down and have the at the end of the yeah. show that was brilliant brilliant he, he also brilliant. narrated the uh the montreal expos Oh, really? Uh, thing that MLB Network did because he's a Montreal native. Okay, I believe didn't it. know that he did the whole, and it was great. Oh, they you, did a documentary you on the could, Expos on the yeah on how the '94 season right. basically led to their you know demise led, led when they the, had the best team in baseball. Yeah, and so it was great because you could actually hear the dejection in his voice when they when he was describing Rick Monday. Uh, for the for the Dodgers when yep. he hit yep. the home run to knock him out of the the playoffs, it was great. He well, did a really good job. He also and I haven't seen it, but there's a show on NBC with him. George Foreman, oh yeah, Terry Bradshaw, and Henry Winkler, where they travel around and basically just goof around. I forget the name of it, but I see the advertisement all the time. I've not seen that. Yeah, I haven't seen the show, but so uh, it's basically like those movies. Here's my rule: maybe it's because now I'm getting older. When there's a movie, and now I see when there was with women too. It's like four old guys go to Vegas. Four old guys (laughs) do this. I'm not interested in seeing four old guys. That's what I live. So I need to see something else. <laughs> I understand. When I'm playing golf with my buddies, four old guys traveling around. That's exactly. Right. I will come back with a little more news right after this. Well, as you know from listening to this segment, I am amused by monkeys. You really are. It's kind of disturbing. <laughs> you know, the last time I said that on the air, a guy texted or emailed me and said I should use that as my next band name. Amused by Amused monkeys. Amused by monkeys. That's a good name. Uh, anyway, a visitor to a Chinese mountain filmed a wild monkey going through the contents of a wallet that it had just stolen from a tourist. <laughs> the video filmed this Tuesday showed the monkey sitting on a fence at Mount Imai in Lashan, Sichuan province, taking cash and other items out of the wallet. The filmer said the monkey took the wallet from another tourist who can be heard shouting at the monkey as the monkey discards all the contents of the billfold. The monkey eventually jumps down from the fence and runs away with the wallet in his hand. Damn hands, what you call them? Monkeys? Pause. Pause, okay. Pause? Uh, this, I don't think monkeys, they have, they have hands. I'll look it up. I'll look it they, up. Well, I've seen them. You ever go to the zoo? They're always, like, cleaning each other. I was at the zoo two days ago. Did you see the monkeys cleaning, cleaning each, each other? other? What, what's funny is... <laughs> with their hands. Absolutely. The, the, the one monkey was laying down on the branch, and the other monkey was oh, picking at that. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. I see. You got me worried. <laughs> the other monkey was making a motion, which I thought was something else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this uh, this uh, this may be the saddest story I've ever seen on a number of levels. All I got is that beer? It's worse than that. Oh, no. In Russia... Police have found the mummified remains of a fella who'd already retired who died while embracing a homemade sex doll. <laughs> now run, so he's... Run that by me again. He died, he was dead embracing a homemade sex doll? That's correct, and he was a retiree. So. You, know, oh. you know what his family said, he died doing what he loved. The 66-year-old was discovered in St. Petersburg, Russia, no? after okay. neighbors complained of a nasty smell in the apartment block. 
Uh, the grandfather, who's uh, named only as Valerie M., had not been seen for several months. When people broke in, they found the dead retiree lying on his sofa next to his girlfriend. Oh, yeah, that's tough. They said his clothed body was partially mummified. He had been dead for several months. Police think he had assembled the doll from items collected from trash cans near his home in the Moskovsky district. The head was torn from a mannequin used in a clothes shop. The body was assembled from pieces of fabric, rope, and old towels. Wait a minute. I'm not even even going to ask the question about how they know this was a sex doll. Maybe he just, maybe she was just like a, maybe it was a platonic relationship and it was just, it was like his Wilson. So wait a minute. This just took a whole nother turn here. Which part, Chris? So not only was this a, 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 a device, it was a homemade Sex oh, yeah, I, that's, that was in the open. I'm sorry. I did not hear you say that part of the video. Yeah. That's, uh, that, see, you you're see right. what I mean about the saddest story ever? That's uh, that's pretty sad. Lonely John. old man with a homemade sex doll. That one needs to go in the file. I don't know how they know it was a sex doll. I did see a picture, <laughs> sadly enough. You could it tell? Was, what? It was on uh, It was uh, the Daily News or one of the London uh, papers, and they had they, you know, put a uh, thing over the man so you couldn't really make out anything. But it was basically a head <laughs> of a... Uh, you know, and then some clothing and towels, and he was lying like this next Whoa. to him. So, and he had been there for a while because he was mummified. He was mummified several sure. several months. Well, he's dead. He was dead. So, oh, very sad story. Do you so, bring that up at the funeral? Did you mention that? How how'd he go? Yeah. <laughs> well, ever wonder what happens if you overload a garbage bin you ordered and then refuse to pay for it? One no. person. One person in Great Britain found out the hard way this week. Eddie Barbie and Dan Harrison were tasked with picking up the bin in Hull. It's one of those uh, dumpsters that you can order. Uh, Hull, East Yorkshire is where this happened in Britain. When the pair arrived, they said the dumpster was filled too high for what the man had already paid for. They gave the customer three weeks to pay for the extra garbage that was piled high. The man didn't, so they came back and tipped the entire load into the customer's front yard. And he said, I had to do it. I couldn't take it. It was too overfilled, and my license would get taken away. Uh, he said the man tried to pull the we don't understand card, so I just said, understand this, and tip the bin. I didn't cause any damage. I just left everything in their front yard. Posting the video on Facebook, Eddie wrote, pay your bills. I don't bleep about. The footage has since been viewed more than 22,000 times. Children who are just a few inches shorter than their peers are more likely to suffer a stroke in adulthood. According to a new study, were you tall as a kid too, Chris? Oh yeah. So yeah. it's how you were tall as a kid, not whether you're tall now. Correct. Yeah, but he if he was tall as a kid, I was tall as a kid. So was I. Yep. Adult women, I was five nine by when I got out of sixth grade, and now I'm only five ten. How how does that happen? <laughs> you were five nine in sixth grade. I was, five, I was a good basketball player in wow. sixth grade. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, adult women who what were, did you like to eat back then? <laughs> A lot of stuff, Chris. Okay. Adult women who are unusually short girls at age seven years were 11% more likely to have known what's as an ischemic stroke, the most common kind, which occurs when a clot blocks an artery carrying blood to the brain. Uh, we know about those because remember the reporter that had the problems talking? That's right. That's what she had. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, men who were short at age seven were 10% more likely to have that kind of stroke, 11% more likely to have a different kind of stroke, which happens with a blood vessel in the brain. And this was ruptures. important to know because... 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I suppose maybe they think they can prevent them. The uh, you know the, the admission rates at the San Diego Zoo. You pay a certain fee for an adult. You pay a certain yeah, sure. fee for a kid. Sure. When they're two or younger, you you, you know you, they get in for free. And my three year old, who's a very large three year old, my wife says, yeah, he's two, and the guy looks down at my. <laughs> My son, who's about the size of a five-year-old, said, "Oh, he's a pretty How tall. How old is he? He's a pretty tall two-year-old with a smile and a nod, saying that's fine. Just let so him." So he really him. is less than three. No, no, no. We just said that so that he could get in for free. Oh, yeah. See, we wow. were working the system a little bit. Oh, wow. I see what you're doing. And now I just talked about it on the radio. <laughs> uh, it the was my wife's idea. It wasn't really. <laughs> I had to... In the name of science, let's talk about breasts. Okay, are nobody, going, are, nobody are wants... We, are we going back to the doll story? There's no, we aren't, no. Uh, breasts come in different shapes and sizes, of course, as we know. There's one thing they all have in common. They're unique to humans. More than 5,000 mammalian species inhabit the planet Earth, yet Homo sapiens are the only life forms with permanent breasts. Huh. In other words, breasts that are noticeable. This begs the question, why are human breasts so big? And was it an evolutionary thing? <laughs> You've thought about that, haven't you? Sure, of course. Yeah, how'd they get there? We have gotten down the barrel on your list, haven't we? You, these are the stories you never get to, isn't that right? right. No, these are my normal 340 stories. Every other mammal develops temporary breasts during ovulation and nursing, of course. Uh, humans do that, too, but with humans, they stick around. I see. Most popular theory, first proposed by Charles Darwin, later explored by zoologist Desmond Morris, Morris suggests the breasts evolved as a sex symbol to replace the swelling rear end of other female primates during ovulation. I'm buying that. Yeah. Uh, so in that way, uh, the animals can tell each other apart, the males and females, because of the rear ends. For instance, monkeys, like that's we were right. talking about. That's very noticeable. Can I be quite honest right now? Sure. I know we're like in the closing minute yeah. of this segment. Yeah. Ever since you read the, uh, the opening story of this segment, I can't un picture of what I'm thinking of that sex doll looked like from that poor <laughs> Did that, that poor sex guy doll have breasts? It, it, it just, all I'm picturing is, you it know, the, the, the ding-ding you know, homemade it, uh, sex doll. That's it, all I'm thinking about. It was very ding-ding. As I said, there was a picture, and uh, it was it looked like a bunch of clothing with a mannequin's head attached. That's, that's all it looked like. That's just, that's sad. That's all it it's like. just really sad. I told John. you it was one of the saddest stories oh, I've ever read. my God. That's all right, Johnny. Thanks, Johnny. You yeah. Johnny we'll be back. Minnesota, or Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show here on 1500 ESPN. Well, stop on by. Uh, we are live at the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show at the Minneapolis Convention Center. 1500 ESPN will be here all week. Uh, but for those of you that were looking to shop for clothes tomorrow, forget it because I'm going tonight. <laughs> there will be none left when I get through with that great shopping spree I go on every year. Uh, you know, I really don't much care how I dress except for when I play golf. Then I have to be dressed a certain way. It's very important to me. Now, uh, are you are you a strictly shorts every time you go out? Do you do, you do pants? No, at I all? do pants. You do? Okay. There, there's a group of my club that they will never wear pants. Really? Yeah, it's like they have a thing. They okay. won't wear them. And then the one guy says, "Well, sometimes I wear shorts until I'm if I'm not with the group, my other guys. Then when I get away from, I put on my rain pants." And there are some, aren't there some courses that won't allow you to wear uh, shorts? shorts? Yeah. Oh, I've never heard of that. Oh, there is. Okay, I thought I didn't know if that was a thing. No, not not the cutoffs you wear, Reavers. You can't come out there with cutoffs. <laughs> not my cutoff jeans. The jorts. The jorts you might <laughs> do a few problems. On that, uh, when we come back, the ride with Royce, he's Korzanowski filling in for Patrick. We're going to talk Anthony Andrew Wiggins and some other stuff as well, including Sean White and Johnny Weir.